Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns. Now, now, here's your hosts, Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Ahoy, Bucks fans. I don't think that there's any better way to open this up, Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns fans, other than a massive, massive ahoy to you guys. Because, Bucks fans, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers decided to finally break a long Weary, daunting streak versus the NFC South rivals, the New Orleans Saints. But before we get there, welcome to Jolly Rogers and Touchdowns, a brand new episode post game of a very exciting game, regardless of it being low scoring for the most part. And outside of that, make sure that you guys follow along at Jolly Rogers TDS to keep up with all the information, entertainment, and excitement revolving around your favorite team. Outside of that, give a big welcome to my amazing co-host, Kaylee Mizell. Kaylee, what a week two. What a game two. What a weekend. How are we? Uh, well, it's a jolly Sunday. Oh, Speaking yes. Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. It's a jolly Sunday over here in Tampa Bay. Uh, what a, what an incredible game, uh, especially the last, what hour <laughs> of the a game, roller coaster. The game. Yeah. um, wild, uh, we're going to get into it, but yeah, I, I am doing fantastic. Uh, Aaron and I got to take a little bit of a getaway this weekend. I remember I previewed it. That. We're getting away. We're, you know, baby free. So my parents had the baby and we got up to Atlanta and it was perfect weather. It was like seventies, a real fall, like just like, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't like cold fall yet. It was like just a little bit of a crisp in the air and like okay. in the morning and the evening and like when you're walking through the shade. So I have a feeling that we're going to get there pretty soon because we I'm felt hoping. it up in Atlanta. So my hope is that, you know, here in the next month, we're going to get that kind of weather down here Give in hope. I'm looking forward to it and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into the nuts and bolts of what happened today or should I say the uh I don't know the the boards and the uh, the water I don't know I'm trying to make a 
a ship reference there. Isn't trenches also a water reference? Like in a ship in the, the trenches? The tide and the wave. Yeah. Tides. I think so. Yeah. All right. We can tides. get we can get into the, the, the turning tides. Because yeah. the tides have turned on this oh, yes. lovely well, jolly Sunday. Quite a bit. They turned mm -hmm. quite a bit, Casey. Uh, how are you? How was your weekend? Oh, an emotional roller coaster because the anticipation of what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. As an actual raised Bucks fan, um, I just had so many emotions heading into this game. And you, you know, I have to be professional. I also have to be yeah. unbiased. You know, there's a lot of things that weigh into this. So, so sometimes it's a little bit more emotional pressure than I would appreciate. But I think it all worked out nicely. I kind of get to get that out of my system on um, the Sunday spread on BetQL with with my picks. And on a, just a little bit of a side non-Bucks note, I got one really good pick choosing the Miami Dolphins to upset the Ravens by plus 3.5 and they beat them by four points. I was like, wow. I had just kidnapped the Saints Juju and applied it to all things case this weekend. So exhaustion aside, it has been a great weekend and the emotional – um, roller coaster has paid off. I feel like this is going to be an amazing week of, of breathing and being a proud Bucks fan. Yeah. And I couldn't ask for anything more than that. So, um, there is one thing Bucks fan during the regular season because the streak is snapped the streak. And if you there guys joined thing. us for the previous Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, uh, episode oh, yes. epi here there was a bit of a wager made but I, yes. i'm not sure if we're going to open up with that or if we're going to close oh out do we need to are you yeah, are you ready to you so <laughs> my my sweet lovely new orleans born oh my husband what a soul has had a rough day has had a rough <laughs> day because he loves the saints and you guys were traveling you didn't have you know couldn't it's been stay a day out. yeah been a day the information's coming at you, you so can't quickly. hide you uh you showed your face last time you got with a cup in hand a hat on head you i mean there was just a whole little flex there he's here there he is but he's not Hello. happy how's it going sir how are we on this jolly sunday you know i've had I've had better Sundays. It happens. It, it's a long 365 days in a year. But um, anything you want to tell the Jolly Rogers and Touchdown fans? Uh, was there a game today? <laughs> <laughs> Is it hockey season? <laughs> there are so many other things that could be discussed. <clears throat> but listen, it was uh, that was frustrating. That was hard to watch. But uh, you know. There's another matchup later in the season. It's a long season. Oh, There's, man. Uh, We're jumping ahead. We don't even want to stay in this moment. He, this sounds <laughs> like a locker room speech, Aaron. Yeah, he does. Yeah, you listen, sound like an athlete. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't our best game, but, you know, we get two shows per year. Second show counts the most. Here's here's the thing with, with Tom Brady. I'm, I don't really understand why everybody's so impressed with him. Because, because he is 45 years well, old. Let me, let me finish. <laughs> he is 45. He's thrown the ball better than he has his entire life. He's won however many Super Bowls. He <laughs> is in better shape than he has been his entire life. It's very clear to me that he sold his soul to the devil. So <laughs> I don't understand why it's that impressive that he does what he does at this point. 
I think Aaron just delivered the most prime find speech of Saints history. <laughs> but lucky for you, you don't suit up for New Orleans and we cannot find you. But thank you for um, at least doing what Tom Brady giving him some credit there. Yeah. All you have to say is go Bucks, just really quickly. Go Bucks. Oh, we got it. That's amazing. What a sport. What a sport. My husband. What a guy. The world's what best guy. husband award. Also, he <laughs> is a fantastic husband. And some uh, electrolytes. We can use yeah. a whole thing. Oh, they say that we'll tag you on social media. <laughs> oh, great. Perfect. The world's best cameo just went down and made this W even sweeter. So, Bucks fans, you just got to revel in such a beautiful moment between Kaylee and her husband and that house divided atmosphere. Um, everybody loves the house divided. I grew up dad, UF mom, FSU, uh, dad, Bucks, mom, dolphins. So I get it. And you guys were way cuter and more amicable than my household. So kudos and uh, treasure to you guys, but along the happy news, the excitement of this saints tanking to the bucks victory. Um, I think it's time to cover the basis here. What did we see on offense? Um, is it worth talking about? Absolutely, because it, we got to get into those small details that kind of made a little bit of magic. You don't hit 20 without a little bit of magic. So, um, Kaylee, initially, what did you think of this offense from what you saw? What did you like? What did you dislike? Initially, there were there were a lot of concerns, Casey. Frankly, oh. I think initially, the game starts and it, 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 they can't do anything. And it yeah. seems like the same old thing. And literally, not just, you know, the... the Actually the same old thing. Yes. Yeah, literally. Uh, Tom Brady fumbling when he hasn't, like, when he doesn't do that. When he, It's mm -hmm. so rare. Uh, Tom Brady and, and the Bucks getting shut out in the first half. So rare. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady breaking an iPad. Again, it just <laughs> it seems like this is a repeat we're going to get a repeat that what is happening because it's happening all over again. Like how, questions. how did we get here? And it's not that the saints are performing defensively, like this, ex, you know, this like extravagant scheme to get at the bucks, but somehow they know what to do between getting in Tom Brady's face, between mm -hmm. the coverage for the receivers. It seemed like they knew exactly how to really put pressure and just create nothing in the field so that they couldn't move the ball. They were stuffing, for the most part, Leonard mm -hmm. Fournette. Like, he wasn't getting anywhere. There was one good run by Leonard Fournette early on. There was one good uh, deep pass to Evans in the first half early on. And after that, it was like, what is happening? And then it's you get to the end of the third quarter. They're finally getting on the board. And then – a guy that we've talked about a little bit who frankly I didn't necessarily expect this from him but because of where you're because Julio Jones is out because <laughs> you know because of all of these different things that happen you do see Brashad Perryman and we know that he's a guy that Tom Brady likes to go to in big moments that steps mm -hmm. up in big moments so I mean I, I think that is he an every single reception kind of guy? Absolutely no. not. Yeah. But he's the guy that you go to 
when you need to make a play. And he stepped up again. Um, and, and I think that that is really a big spark for, for this offense and for the ultimate spark. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you kind of mentioned the, um, I don't know, kind of the demeanor and, and the lack of excitement in some degrees of that Saints defense. It's not like anything splashy or spectacular really happened, but typically when we come to this, this point of um, of the Jolly Rogers and touchdowns show, it's this, oh my gosh, the offensive line, what are we going to do? What are we going to, what's going on? What's going on? And shockingly guys, it's, it wasn't really exactly a, I almost said, I almost said a bleep show, but it wasn't exactly um, a torrential downpour show of the offensive line. Because if you go back and look while the run game couldn't really pick up in a sense, you're talking about second, third string offensive lineman, number one, number two, you're talking about the fact that there were certain gaps that were just getting completely closed off by Cameron Jordan, who we know the caliber of, of his defensive playmaking. Um, this is also a guy who's been, had the ability to sack Tom Brady multiple times. And I will say this, for anybody that calls the uh, the offensive line into question, the Saints defense only got technically one total sack on Tom Brady, two half sacks um, to come up for one sack the entire game. So as much shuffling and shifting as we saw in that offensive line, as tough as it was to watch the initial amount of the run, um, the offensive line really kind of hung in the trenches with what they with the situation that they had to manage with these second and third string guys. So this isn't a oh my god the offensive line. Although you did see that pressure start to hit Tom Brady. I mean after every single snap this guy was cussing somebody out, which is kind of comical because for everyone that thought oh he's emotionally detached from the game and all these things, no, I didn't see an emotionally detached person whatsoever. I saw the same guy from last year, the year before, ten years prior, so on and so forth. So. Just something to keep in mind because we know that the run game wasn't all that effective. Uh, I think Leonard Fournette had a hole of 24 carries, 65 yards. And unfortunately for the rookie Rashad White, he didn't really have the best showcase to continue to hold down that number two spot. But Gio Bernard did get hurt with an ankle injury. And so between Rashad White continuing to contend for that second spot, we're probably going to finally see some Keyshawn Vaughn, which has been shocking because he had a pretty solid camp and then all of a sudden just kind of lost out on any ability to compete in this running back room. So a lot of people on Twitter were just kind of calling for Keyshawn Vaughn today, and I'm sure his number is going to get called up. That opportunity is going to present itself. Um, So yeah, first half really tough to watch, but I would say some of the positives being the offensive line wasn't a complete flop, still going up against a very formidable defense, protected their quarterback quite well. Tom Brady's Tom Brady. So he made his movement not look as nauseating as normal. We didn't see the dual threat quarterback that everybody jokes about from last season, but some glimmers of hope as the competition continues to ramp up throughout the season. You have Mike Evans. I think he was actually, no, Mike Evans wasn't the spark. I think it was Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller finally caught and reeled in a deep pass after the many drop passes during preseason and some other situations, and then finally made it all come together so beautifully. Now, yes, he had a bunch of drops after that, which isn't so cute, but double coverage, triple coverage is what this was being thrown into. Some of them were kind of slightly overthrown. If it was a wide receiver like Mike Evans or – 
somebody of that longer build, Julio Jones, I'm pretty sure that catch would have been reeled in. So that's kind of something that works against Scotty Miller, his frame. We know that he's the speedster. And after a couple of reps versus Marshawn Lattimore, they really kind of tried to play with speed versus length on the outside there. So while it was kind of this whole nothing is happening first half, so much was happening. That's just that's where the emotional roller coaster really kicked for me. Like we were doing the PR podcast and I was sweating. I thought I had too much caffeine or something, but it's the fact that all of the small intricate details in between to get them to halftime, there was so much going on. Uh so much drama besides the actual drama if you will. Um so I had to give a shout out to the offensive line. Scotty Miller being a spark plug there. Mike Evans doing Mike Evans things. I mean, to have three receptions, he had 61 yards. So a lot of nice stretched passes down the field for having one of the best receiving cores in the league. Obviously that hasn't been able to be exercised because of injuries, but you saw glimmers of hope in the right place. And you hit one on the head, Brashad Perriman. We've talked about this guy uh, as a UCF um, former I root for him heavily. I rooted for him so much last season. Then the drops really started coming in, and then it kind of, you know, started messing with me. I didn't even think he was going to make this 53-man roster. Then versus the Cowboys, he couldn't catch anything for the life of him. So I was really banging on the table, like, just swap him. Put him on practice squad. That shows you how little patience I have, guys. Um, <laughs> and then here he goes, being the hero uh, of this offense. What happened when you saw that touchdown? Did you freak out? Did did you immediately feel like, oh, Bucks have this? Or did it feel like, okay, we're just one step closer to a potential W? I think that I think that it felt closer, but I wasn't sure. And I'll get into this a little bit more, but I wasn't sure which Jameis we were getting last mm. week. And granted, they were playing the Falcons, but last week Jameis was able to like get into this extra gear. Yes. And I talked about this on the podcast, but he scored 17 points in the fourth quarter and led his team to a victory, a close victory over the Falcons, but a victory nonetheless. And so there was a part of me that it's like, well, it's Tom Brady. Of course, he's going to do something late in this game. That's what he does. Yeah. We've also seen that from Jameis Winston from time to time. So there was a cautious optimism <laughs> when that happened. It wasn't like, this is, you know, totally going the Bucks way. Everything is great now. Game it was, over. It was like, okay, that's good. Let's keep it going. Let's see what continues to happen. And um, and on both sides of the ball, they continued to excel. Um, I have a question for you because you mentioned something, and I'm interested at what point do you think it was a spark because – uh, because there's another spark that we haven't gotten into yet, but you mentioned Scotty Miller. And mm -hmm. so I'm just wondering, are you saying that you think the spark was when Scotty went for the deep pass that Lattimore had the tight coverage on mm -hmm. and then that, okay. 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 So yes. to get into that, of course. Okay. So Scotty goes for this deep pass. The coverage is so tight and there's no call and Tom Brady is frustrated so yeah. he's he's pretty pissed somewhat rightfully so because there's been a lot of nitty-gritty calls in the, like I kind of want to have a conversation with you know the people calling oh, me in because there was a lot of calls and frankly on both sides of the ball where I was just like what is horrendous that? like it was horrendous what? this is 
like, yeah, it just seemed ridiculous at, at times on, again, on both sides of the ball. I think there were calls mm-hmm. that went both teams way, but there were times where it's like, what, what is happening? What, what yeah. are you doing? Um, Regardless so of the rivalry. Understandably frustrated that he didn't get that call, that nothing happened. So he goes and talks to the ref. Fournette and Lattimore start with their own thing. And then Evans chimes in. You whining for the guy. Yeah. And and clearly they have beef. And we talked about it previously. Like, not only do they have beef, but like, it's such a fantastic matchup that you want to watch, that you're excited to watch. And... You know, that that really is that fight because it, it breaks out into a brawl, which, again, we talked about. There's sparks between these teams. I was not surprised. I think I said it on last week's or on Thursday's pod. I said, there's probably going to be a fight at some point. Like You this, did. Probably and we thought it was going to be Lenny. So funny that he was even involved. Yeah. But, Kaylee, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. Because if you look back at the tape, you actually see verbally Lattimore and Brady going at it. And Brady calls Lattimore a little B I T C H or whatever. (laughs) So of course, Lattimore starts getting a little animated, which brings Leonard Fournette into the situation because nobody's going to let somebody touch their 45 year old quarterback. So then that happens. I was surprised to see Leonard be still somewhat reserved within that, um, that uh, confrontation. Maybe Mike then Evans. It was Mike Evans had time that he had him. That he that if yeah. there was anything that went down, it was going to be his. That's a hundred percent. We were both sold on it. And Mike <laughs> Evans watches all this go down as he's exiting the field. He is on the sideline, ladies and gentlemen. Like you're clear to stay where you're at. And he pivots and comes slating for the guy. Now, yep. all this to say that aside from us thinking that this was going to be a Lenny brawl, um, <laughs> our producer said it best. I think these are two guys that just genuinely hate each other. It'll never happen for them to get along. They're so I just it their interactions just feel so personal yeah. because they are. there is a a a they take shots clone of a video, a clone of a video from when Jameis Winston was the quarterback at the Bucks. Winston taps Lattimore on the helmet because they were having some words. And then once more, Mike Evans comes from out of the frame of the video into the frame, completely bulldozing and lighting up Lattimore. So this is some kind of tip for like every season, two matchups. It's like, who can do what? So to think about how amicable quote unquote, their mat, their, their, um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Their interactions. Have Their been interactions were the last field. season on yeah. the field is remarkable to me because yeah. it's just, I'm surprised that they were able to be on the same field last season and not have this. Um, but Mike Evans did have a very much a shutdown performance versus Lattimore. So I think he just had that chip on his shoulder and didn't feel the need for things to elevate. But yeah, I mean, well, the drama. They- and it's continued because even after the game, when when people were asked about it, um, people said that Lattimore was getting way too emotional and that that he was like taking things out of hand. Um, so and we don't know what he said to Brady, you know. So to get Brady to no. call you a little thing, yeah, is like well, because Brady didn't go up. Brady wasn't talking to him at all. Brady was talking to the ref because Brady was right to the ref at first, and then they had some type of interaction, but. With the helmets, you don't exactly know who started it, whether like who said what to who first. Right. And probably won't ever know. Um, you know, of, of course, afterwards, Brady is like, you know, it's football, people get emotional, things <laughs> oh, always. So giving giving the very um, you know, 
quarterback-esque answer that we would expect from Tom Brady. Um, but yes, it was a it was a very interesting altercation. Um, and in a lot of ways, Casey, it reminded me of a hockey fight. And yeah. what happens after a hockey fight? The team rallies behind it, it just energizes Great and motivates them. Because again, up to this point, they've had nothing, mm-hmm. nothing going on offensively. Brady fumbles, like they just can't get it done. They're getting some long range passes, but then some not. And there's so much frustration. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this fight happens, and the Saints, who are already down a, a cornerback, right? They're already down yep. somebody out there. They so the both guys were ejected. So Lattimore is ejected, Evans is ejected, and it opens up. It opens up the field so much for the box. I think it was that advantage protection that just really lit everybody up. Because two quick things is that uh, post game Tristan Works mentioned that if there was any key advice that he's ever been given, it was the fact that uh, backup backup quarterback Ryan Griffin told him, "Hey, after every play." make sure you check out, like, look for Mike Evans. In other words, make sure that he is not involved in anything. So as everything starts winding down or the attempt to start reeling in that altercation, you see Tristan Wirfs is the one who finally gets Mike Evans from the bottom of that pile up that takes place and reels him off to the sideline and, and, you know, is containing him. The pictures after the fact are probably the most entertaining part aside. Like the video doesn't even give it justice. It's just the slide by slide of Tristan Wirfs trying to get Mike Evans to the sideline and to shut down that whole situation. But then This is why we love Twitter, ladies and gentlemen, Jolly Rogers fans, because somebody got a slow-mo of what Mike Evans was saying to the ref post-altercation, and he literally goes, that's Tom Brady. (laughs) Like, he's he he got that riled up only because somebody had words with Tom Brady, and you don't say negative bad things to Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there was just... There's just so much juice going in, in in that situation in terms of just players protecting players. Um, yeah, that's Tom Brady. What do you want me to do? And everyone's like, I want you to calmly go to the sideline and grab some Gatorade. But no, he's going to protect his quarterback. Nobody says nasty things to his quarterback. So well, the protection a was such a relationship. You can yes. tell that they really do enjoy each other and mm-hmm. they have a good relationship. Like you well, see them Evans- on the sideline. You they they have a very good relationship. Yeah, because even after the game, Evans went to the to the end of the tunnel and walked and waited to walk with Brady back to the locker room. Uh, yeah. Brady kept going at some point after they had their exchange, and then he you know high fived everybody walking in. But you're right, they just very much have their own special and um, unique bond there. But for an exciting, crazy first half to. Uh, drag of a third quarter still and then this fourth quarter just electrifies i mean i'm all in all just to kind of wrap up offense you're talking about two field goals that 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 go down and then all of a sudden in the fourth you've got two touchdowns and one field goal and you mentioned Jameis winston 17 points fourth quarter rally versus the falcons it's just funny how the shoe flipped to the other foot because for another fourth quarter rally you've got the bucks putting up 17 points Oh, yeah. Oh, I was going to mention that for sure, Casey. It, the, the tides really have turned, Oof. if you will. The 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 wind is blowing in the opposite <laughs> direction. Uh, yeah, the Bucks took the play right out of the Saints book of what mm-hmm. they did 
last week, but they did it better than the yes. Saints even did it. Um, and I do have to do a quick brag on myself. We all made predictions. My prediction was 17-10. I predicted a tighter, closer, more defensive game. Yes, and you did. 20, 20 to 10. I mean, I think like I got to give myself a, a few little props there. Um, I'm giving you some gold for that. But uh, but yeah, I think that the way that this team was able to play when the going got tough, the people who stepped up, uh, it was it was fantastic. And hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Even, uh, well, this is a perfect time to move on to de- to, to defense because they not only got uh, into the end zone from the offensive end, but they did it on defense as well. And they had they had a lot of fantastic Just an epic stop. performance. Yes, you totally did. And what makes it even better is the fact that they built off of last week's performance. Now you're talking about a team that did not allow the Cowboys to find the end zone whatsoever. And that became an even larger stat throughout the league because the Cowboys were the only team in the league that never found the end zone. So to know that it was the Bucks that did that was amazing. Then there was just so many question marks around, will they be able to carry that into such a tough rivalry in new Orleans in saints territory? And they were able to do that. I mean, Guys, this game really stayed at a field goal for the Saints just about the entire game. Yep. It was a late let up. And if you look at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, while the the atmosphere became a lot more electric for the Bucs, that is, um, the defense kind of started to look a bit gassed. There was a little bit more momentum for the Saints. There was some moments where you were like, oh, crap, there's enough time for this game to completely shift gears. And you did see a little bit more exhaustion. But, I mean, they must have just had a quick little come-to-Jesus moment because then they got some Gatorade, some electrolytes, some TB12, and then came back out looking as sharp as they did in the first and second quarter. So that was so – that the we've been saying it since day one here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. Not only are the grave diggers back ladies and gentlemen, but the revival of this defense is really, really back. And I would even contend to say that they're going to be better than the 2020 defense that everybody is so excited and wrapped up on. I agree. I agree with you, Casey. And I think in part it's because of Todd Bowles. I talked about it before he is the backbone of this defense. He's still calling the plays. Yeah. He knows this defense in and out. And I think that this is a defensive-minded team. And I think that that is going to help them have a lot of success because they know when and how to perform. Casey, starting at the very beginning of the game, this mm-hmm. defense is shutting down the Saints. And you know who um, set the tone there? Yeah. Let me tell Oh are, well, I, I there were there were a few guys that you called, so let let's hear. It. Get live forty five. He's the one who set the tone for the defense today. He had the first punch, the first real, you know, impact, really light him up tackle, and 
it was to stop the run, but the defense opening up did not look so clean on, on stopping the run game. If anything, that's where the Saints typically had the most success, if you will, but the Bucks did still hold them to about 102 yards. But it was Devin White, for me, that at least set the tone. That's where I was like out of my seat, like, oh, yeah, this defense is about to do something today. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think all around, and we've gotten, we've gotten on the defense before on wrapping up better, on doing, yes. on doing the little things better. They're good. This is a good defense as a whole, but we have made them even walk the plank before on doing yeah. the little things better. And I think this week they executed that. They executed the little things. Uh, there were six sacks. Yep. Between the defense, uh, Jameis got sacked six times. There's five turnovers, mm -hmm. um, so, so three interceptions, two fumble recoveries. Not only that, a turnover on downs. Mm -hmm. Whenever they stopped them on fourth and one, whenever they like, you know, got shoved. Um, so I, I think that there's been this defense really excelled yes. from the very, very start of this game. And they were really, to me, the backbone of this team and of this game, um, especially today. So we have to get into, into these interceptions. So, oh my goodness. Uh, let, let, let me go first uh, because I think this, he got to the end zone. And so the, the, it, it was fantastic, but I'm not leaving Dean out, but Mike Edwards just the way that he's able to read the eyes. I mean, all of the interceptions. It was a great read for him they, to get his hands on that. They really, so they talked a little bit after the game and they said that, you know, they, they, they played with Jameis Winston. They know mm -hmm. him and they know how to read him. And specifically they know how to read his eyes and they did a fantastic job of doing that tonight. Um, yeah jumping out in front of the route and then going 68 yards down to score the touchdown to really put the cherry on top and say, you guys aren't coming back. Even though yes. the Saints did try again, they shut them down. There was another, um, uh, a fumble that, that mm -hmm. was recovered. This defense has been on it this entire game. Anytime they saw a loose ball, they're jumping. Anytime there was something going on this defense, it's not only that the Saints had turnovers. It's not only that Jameis was, you know, giving away the ball. It's that the Bucks mm -hmm. really did cause these things to happen. They really Absolutely. forced the Saints' hand and forced forced their way in. I mean, that's why we're saying the Grave Diggers are revived because it wasn't. This isn't just a fluke, right place, right time. They caused these things to happen, Absolutely. and a lot of times it's like, oh. Did, did we shoot ourselves in the foot or did the other team beat us? Right. The Bucks defense beat the Saints offense straight out. And I think that whenever you have a team that is a thorn in your side like this, it's such a moral victory for the entire team, especially for the defense. Whenever you look at the stats, when you look at the sacks, when you look at the interceptions, this is something that the, that is going to – I think we're going to look back and we're going to point to this game and we're going to say things just continue to rise from here. Yes. And you made a couple really solid points there. The first one that I really want to build off of is that 
how well said to say that this win didn't come from Jameis turning over the ball. This wasn't a, you know, Jameis had a fluky performance and this defense just maximized on it. No, they created those opportunities. And while some people disagree with me because of all the mol- the deep balls that Winston just kept trying to throw to Alave until something clicked, it wasn't just that. That wasn't where majority of the turnovers came about. That's where big significant ones came, but not majority. It was all, It's. I'm going to keep saying it, it's all in the small details. It's mm-hmm. that pass rush that keeps pounding in there. You also did see a difference for a minute in the tone of this defense when Akeem Hicks actually ended up going out with injury. We'll yeah. have updates for that, you know, top of the week for you guys. But Akeem Hicks, a name that you're not hearing much throughout the game, and for a minute it kind of had me concerned, but you don't really realize what's going on in that interior line until one of those guys dropped down, and then you realize, yeah. oh, crap. Yeah, he was actually holding it down in the center there. So with that said, too, it was also the fact that when this defense came up and made those impactful plays, there was multiple times in today's game where this defense forced the saints to go three and out. They were quick to come in there, shut them down, force them to punt the ball and move on to the offense. So usually when you see a big defensive performance like this, it's because the defense is on the field 10 times longer than the offense is. while the defense put on a huge show, it wasn't the it wasn't defense consistently always on the field. They got the ball back to the offense pretty quickly majority of the game. And even if it wasn't a three and out situation, their management on third downs today was just beautiful. They executed it so well because in some moments I was like, mm, is this one going to be one of the best run stop defenses in the league? Because Washington is running and Mark Ingram is, you know, getting these extra yards, but You know, kind of like I said moments ago, if you really look at it, they only let up 102 rushing yards. And that's with the loss of a guy like Akeem Hicks in the middle and then Logan Hall having to shift over. And everybody just played such a role. Um, Ryan, uh, Logan Ryan and Carl Nassib, Ryan peanut punches the ball. Nassib comes up with the fumble. It's just like... Everybody was working in such a synergistic way. One guy would start to get something going and somebody else would clean it up or finish it off, polish it off. And that's what was so beautiful about watching how this defense just conducted and ebbed and flowed. What were you going to say, Kaylee? The timeliness. Yes. What you just mentioned, that fumble, that happened at the Tampa Bay 10. They were were like basically in... I mean, they're in the red zone. They're like in, they're almost there. And then Tampa Bay is able to come up with something that big. I mean, this this is so timely. Mm-hmm. The way that the, the the defense is able to really make the biggest punch when it matters the most. Yes. Um, and then also take advantage. So we talked a little bit before about the turning point in the game. And I do believe that some of it, was the fight but I believe too that some of it was also the defense because you look and you see that fumble recovery that happens at uh the Tampa Bay 10 so I mean the Saints are right there Mm -hmm. um the next uh so with the Saints or excuse me the Bucks get the ball and they have to punt but then right after that is an interception by Dean his Mm -hmm. first interception that interception leads to a touchdown. So it's on that drive that everything happens between um, Fournette and between 
uh, Lattimore and Evans. Mm -hmm. It's on that very drive. So it goes mm -hmm. fumble, punt, interception, touchdown, interception, field goal, and then pick six. Yep. Like that is the order of events. So it's just the timeliness. It yes. really sparked this team. And I think that's probably what ticked Tom Brady off and some of these other guys off so much as well is because their defense is working. They're giving them opportunities. They're getting fumbles. They're getting interceptions. And they know that they have to take advantage. And, and then they ultimately are able to do that. Uh, it, it, it was so good to see. Um, yes. I really truly believe that yes, in terms of coverage, uh, not having Lattimore out there open the field, you're able to take a little bit more, uh, advantage of the saints and of the safeties and they do, but this defense played a crucial part in sparking this team. The largest in, um, mm -hmm. And, and, and I think that's really what did it. And then even late, even late, whenever there's that late throw um, and there's another, another, well, that's, that was a fumble, but then there, and there's another interception. I mean, it's just, there's, there's what, four or five turnovers. They just created you know, a lot of opportunities uh, one after the other. Yeah. in like, mm -hmm. in like between the third and fourth down there, I think, I think that's whenever they had all of their mm -hmm. turnovers. And so it's just this defense really stepped up also at the end of the game, offense as well. And and I think you used the word before, synergistic on both sides of the ball. They're able to play off of each other and yeah. use that motivation on both sides of the ball to push the team forward to a really, really great victory because now they're the only team in their division without a loss. Yes, which is a good look when you start looking down that 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 hourglass, if you will, that big glass that stretches out to say what's what's going to be down the stretch here. There you go, telescope. I was thinking of the pirate word for it, but um, my brain cells can only handle so much at the moment. But you know, looking down the scope of things, honestly, though, aside from the timeliness of it, aside from the synergistic plays from this team as a unit, just kind of breaking away for each guy for a moment there, there were some really tough play like calls like from the refs when that could typically be mentally defeating yep. or kind of start gassing people out from a whole different perspective, if you will. And it did not affect the bucks whatsoever. I mean, Levante David's a guy that you don't really see much reaction out of, especially snapping out a ref, but there was just some really tough calls to try to work against out there. And they just kept really digging their heels in and making play after play after play after play. So Levante David was one of those guys that came up with a sack. I've got to give a shout out to Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, this oh kid gosh, is nice. just at the beginning of an epic career. He came up with a sack. He had a lot of big, um, very pivotal tackles out there being able to help assist shut down the run game after they felt like it was getting a little out of hand there for a second. You know, Mike Edwards finally got this starting role and they don't call him the ball hawk for no reason, guys. This is somebody who they're anticipating is going to reel in more interceptions and, you know, field positions, everything. If he can reel in an interception and continue to find the end zone, that's a beautiful thing. But the biggest takeaway from this too, is that this is a defense that didn't want to just bat away passes or make some cute tackles. They wanted to finally get their hands, reel, their, reel in some balls, get some interceptions, 
racked up in the stat sheet. They started wrapping up in their tackles. They started collecting interceptions. You know, while there was only one versus the Cowboys, you're now walking out of uh, week two with three interceptions under your belt and just so much potential to build off of from this performance and another strong team to go up against. So it's not some team where it's just like, oh, this was handed to them. They earned everything that they collected out there. And that's the beautiful thing about this defense. Um, we are still waiting to see a little bit more spark from Joe Tryon Shanka, but you know, he was there. He was really applying the pressure off the edge and getting very close to Jameis Winston over and over and over again. And so those guys that really kind of apply the pressure without making too much of a I would say ordeal of it. There was a lot of workhorses in today's game that you may have not heard their name, but they were just as impactful. So that was so exciting to watch. I think that was probably, I mean, obviously it was one of the most exciting parts to watch, but it's nice to know that it's just the beginning and this team remains healthy on that side of the ball. And there's just so much more to stand out. But speaking of standout, we've got to pick some standout players from all the excitement of this 20 to 10 defeat that the Bucks served up to the Saints. Who is your standout? Who are your standout players and your MVP on the offensive side of the ball? Let's start there. Okay. Uh, I think it's going to be. Mm, I'm going to go Perryman. I think that. I think that the fact that he steps up in these big moments, the fact that Evans is out, you know, you don't have. Julio Jones, you don't have Chris Godwin. You don't, you know what I mean? There's so many guys that you don't have. Um, you know, Scotty Miller was targeted the most, but I mean, he only had three yeah, receptions so of those targets. So, you know what I mean? It, 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 you have to step up in these crucial games, in these crucial moments. Mm -hmm. Rashad Perryman did that today and he's done it before. And so he gets my standout player on the offensive side today. I love it. I am going to stay within the wide receiver room, but um, I got to give it to Russell Gage. We may have not heard his name too much, but in second and third down circumstances, he was kind of that guy yep. uh, a couple times. And I would say he was kind of the glimmer of hope in these rough offensive drives that we were seeing. So in my, I think that he's still on a limited snap count. He's not really having a full on part, you know, full participation in practices yet. He's still pretty limited. And so I think he's just kind of there as what you would call that hit reliever, if you will. So the snaps and the drives that he did have, I feel like they were significant. I feel like he did very well. You can already see his, his hustle, his, um, all out ability with every single rep that he was given today. So he's going to be my, one of my standouts. I think that we have a lot to look forward to when it comes to Russell Gage. I think health just needs to be more on his side. Uh, speaking of the offense, I do have to give, I know that you, you really love this guy. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think of seeing Cade as a, uh, he, he got a reception. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I actually called that a little bit before it happened. Did you? Um, I did because Cameron Bright was kind of getting locked up there. Then yep. we have another week, guys, of no idea why Kyle Rudolph is inactive. Um, or I guess we can't really say no idea. Depending on the roster fulfillment, they rather go with KDOT and Co'Keefe, Cam Bright, than, you know, have that extra person dress out. So it may not be a big deal. But with your offensive line banged up, and they lost another guy today, uh, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, backup left, um, left tackle. Josh Wells ends up getting injured and then they bring in Brandon Walton, who actually did a pretty stand-up job. So that might be 
fantastic job. Yeah, that might be a thing um, to kind of pay take a closer look to. But all yep. that to say that I was kind of thinking that offensively they would have Kyle Rudolph involved to help with blocking. Um, so I'm still pretty surprised at all that. Rant aside, KDOT and these rookie tight ends. I love the tight end position. I grew up as a linebacker girl. Then college, I really started to be in love with, fall in love with tight ends, their athleticism, everything that they contribute to a real pro-style offense. And so Co'Keefe and KDOT are just – uh, beyond a highlight for me. I have no words. So yeah, Kate Allen got his first Very real on top. Love NFL it. situation. Coquif did too, but he dropped it. So next week. Yeah. But he, but he was time. still blocking his he was still glass eating out there. He was still blocking for dear life. And it, it's so magical to just watch still. I'm in awe of this kid. Um defensive side of the ball, standouts MVP. Okay, I think there's a lot of different guys you could go with here. I, I mean, they're, they're, these guys are not my pick, but like Devin White, 11 tackles, mm -hmm. one sack. Shaq Barrett, five tackles, two sacks. I mean, the, 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 the list goes on and on. We already mentioned him, Antold Win Winfield Jr., seven tackles, a sack. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, Mike Edwards, an interception, pick six. But my MVP on the defensive side of the ball is going to be J Jamel Dean. And I know he didn't find the end zone, but two interceptions. Yeah. Five tackles. He really contributed to this team today. And while he didn't bring it into the end zone, one of his interceptions after handing the ball over to Tom Brady did lead to points. And mm -hmm. so I am attributing that to him a little bit. I think uh, Jamel Dean is my defensive MVP today. Oh, such a great choice. I mean, there's no way not to give him to give him something. Um, and I think also why that's also such a special thing for him is that there was such a high competition between him and Sean Murphy bunting all of training camp and nobody knew which direction that was going to lean in. And then Dean won it out and he's continuing to prove why. Yep. So um you love to see that kind of stuff. I have to go. Okay. So I kind of have a standout and an MVP. Okay. Um, one of my standouts, my standout is going to be Carlton Davis. There's no way that he cannot be named on this, on this episode of Jolly Rogers and touchdowns as a post game, because that was one of the dramatic headlines that we had announced was the fact that they, that Carlton Davis and Michael Thomas had had this whole Twitter war for years and years on end. I mean, it's almost equivalent to Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore. The only difference is it doesn't really come down to blows. It comes down to Twitter fingers. So a whole different exhaustion of physicality there. But with that said, there was that tweet about, you know, Carlton Davis shutting down the slant boy once more. And wow, Carlton Davis played his tail off today, guys. Go back and watch that film. Go back and watch those plays. Speed was not a deterrent against Carlton Davis today. He played so well. I mean, I think he really only lost one, maybe two battles. If I'm being realistic, he maybe lost two battles today. But Carlton just executed such a clean performance. He really is contending for that top cornerback in the league. And boy, is he on his way. That was It was so fun to watch. It was so exciting. Every single play. And yeah. For the most part, he shut down your guy, Michael Thomas. So not yours being Kaylee, but whoever <laughs> is a fan of him as a wide receiver. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's a difficult one. Yeah. <laughs> well, aside from that, he's a, 
he's a difficult wide receiver to cover. I mean, you know, he's lengthy. He's got some speed to him. He does really well on, on his cuts and stuff, which is why he refers to himself as slant boy, because he's not just a doubt, you know, straight shooter down the stretch kind of guy. He cuts up the field and Carlton Davis is all over it. So he's a standout for me. Uh, I think he actually led the team or he was close to leading the team in tackles as well. But then I got to go with Antoine Winfield jr. Um, Getting a sack. I mean, if you guys pull up Winfield Jr. stats, <laughs> this is typically a, a kid that would just be kind of hanging back at safety, not hanging back, speaking to his work ethic, but just his frame, his size. He's just so athletic. So to, to be getting sacks as a safety, um, I know that they kind of pull him up at nickel. And when you do that, you do anticipate that they're going to kind of be a part of the rush and get opportunities to sack. But even for his frame, he just hits hard. He's a thumper. And that's exciting to watch when you like the contact portion of football. <laughs> and I know we both enjoy contact as like, you know, real hockey head, hockey head women. So I got to give it to Antoine to get a tackle, to be in on so many big plays uh, today. It's just, he's so exciting to watch. And like I said, it's only going to go up from here. So Antoine is my MVP and Carlin Davis is my standout for the defense, but that takes us to one place and one place only Kaylee. After we give praise, after we hand out gold, after we revel in a pirate victory, we have got to put some swords in the back. Send your enemies overboard. We've so got to handle enemy territory. So yep. I got to walk the plank that popped into my head. Whew, second quarter today. Okay. And I was just like, I, I just. I'm Go speechless. for it. I know yeah. it's me just no. kind of compiling like the nice way to go about it and not be so dramatic uh, here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns, but I'm sure by now uh, J <laughs> JRTDS fans are not so surprised by my, uh, dr my dramatics, my antics, but all right. Walking the plank for me is, is not only the refs, but whoever's sitting in a conference room, having a conversation of how to make the game of football safer, but they're not really making it safer. They're just kind of, demoralizing the contact part of football please please take a walk down the plank go for a swim don't come back up until you come up with a better idea than whatever has been being talked about in the conference rooms for 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 years on end do i want a safer sport absolutely when i become a mom and if my son decides he wants to play football I don't, I don't want to be so concerned for him every play. I understand that. My brother played football. I was concerned every single play. There was numerous games where we had to take him to the hospital after, you know, a, a, a W. Does that suck? Absolutely. But when you call roughing the passer while a guy is in a body in motion, it's science. A, yep. An object in motion stays in motion. So if this person is already projecting their body in a direction there's no halting to not have to not have a hit. They can brace themselves to maybe lighten the hit. So yeah, hearing helmets tap is not a great sound and it's very concerning, but you can kind of eyeball the the severity of the situation. So those calls today were just like, let them play. I mean, yeah. I wanted to just I I had no patience for it. It too just many calls and too many bad calls. Just today. bad calls. Like get rid of some of these roughing the passers situations and just really take a take an eye level um, approach to this. It and changes more the realistic. game too much. It's that at that point, it's not about protecting the player because you're not actually understanding what's happening. It's right. It's, it's changing the game 
And that's, nobody wants to see that. You have to be involved mm-hmm. without changing the game when, when it, when there is no rule broken and yeah. there really was not a rule broken. And, um, that it, it, it was too much today. It was too yeah. much. And you said it, it can change the game. Guys, yep. I grew up playing soccer my whole life. I don't want to watch a bunch of flopping and then people jumping up, flailing their arms, waiting for a call to happen because now it's roughing the passer for every tickle and touch on the field. Like, let's just get a little bit more realistic about these calls. So, yep, that's my walk the blank. I've been okay. holding on to that for dear life for hours. Oh, just Casey. Yep, you got it out. They're walking. They are in the deep end now. My walk the plank is going to Marshawn Lattimore. Come on, guy. You just you you yeah. gotta walk the plank. There's there, you know, he 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 likes the dramatics too. Yeah, he's too it's yeah, he it was being very dramatic. It was too much, you know, like say your words, it's fine, but like same with words, like show them on the field, like show us what you got, like. There, there's no need to get physical. There's no need to get up in Brady's face. There's no you play like, defense. That's not, there's not a need for that. Like have, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, there, I know that you and, and, and Mike Evans have beef. I get it, but like have some respect for, I don't know, for Tom Brady and who he is. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't talking to you. Like that's not a thing, you know, there's no, there was no need for you to involve yourself. And right. uh, so he is my walk the plank, walk the plank, walk it, mind your walk, business. It walk it. Yes. And mind your business. I don't think that there's any better way to put that. And um, you know, you play defense. I feel like when you play a defensive position, you have more of an opportunity to kind of, I don't know, exercise your demons, if you will, or have that therapeutic moment. Yeah. Um, but to about be so animated, yeah, he was He's just, he was very animated. like you want to like get passionate, do it on the field, bro. Exactly. Exactly. So I couldn't agree more. Um, we have a hefty list of people to kick off yeah. of this ship, oh, yeah. but you know, well, that's, it's going to be fun. And, uh, while I, uh, I have a lot of love for people walking the plank is inevitable. Mm-hmm. on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. So don't come unless you're prepared to get wet because we're all, I'm I'm sure, sure at some point going to walk the plank. Casey, you have, my That's husband nice. has. <laughs> a lot of folks have walked the plank. We're going to get into another episode on Wednesday. And of course you guys can listen to it on, well, anywhere you listen to your podcast, but specifically on the Odyssey app. So please download the Odyssey app. Let us know. You guys, you should become auto downloaders. So here's what you do. You just go to your app where you get your podcast. You turn it on auto download, Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. I'm not saying that there's a prize involved, but I'm not saying that there's not a prize involved. Doubloons. There might be walking the plank involved. If you don't do it, mm-hmm. um, there might be other prizes involved. We there, we're going to get creative over here at Jolly Rogers oh, and touchdowns. Goodness. So be sure to subscribe, download, send it to friends, turn on the auto download and be sure to follow us. Jolly Rogers TDS on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm Kaylee Mizell. You can follow me at Kaylee Mizell. My co-host is Casey Hudson. You can follow her 
at the sports case k-a-s-e we have new episodes every monday wednesday friday and we look forward to being with you on those days thanks so much for listening to jolly rogers and touchdowns and we'll catch you next time